from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Raising rabbits. I think that more people that found out about it would definitely enjoy it. We'll look at this hands-on learning experience for 4-H'ers in Louisiana. As CattleCon 2024 gets underway, the industry gets an important snapshot about the size of the herd. I'm Michelle Work at CattleCon 24 where there's great news about beef demand in the new year. The potential impact of those numbers here at home and overseas. While the Federal Reserve makes an important announcement about interest rates. But inflation is still too high, ongoing progress in bringing it down is not assured, and the path forward is uncertain. The impact of all of it right now on Ag Day. Ag Day, presented by Pioneer. What's next happens when blood, sweat, and tears meet rain, wind, and sun. Pioneer, what's next happens here. The cattle industry's largest event of the year is underway in Orlando, Florida. CattleCon 2024 will see thousands of cattlemen and women from across the country pour into the convention center for the three-day event. From education workshops to market and policy discussions to inspirational speakers and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's trade show. The entire value chain will be on hand this week in Florida. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. We have lots to get to this morning, including important new numbers the cattle industry is digesting and a major announcement from the Federal Reserve. After almost two years of increasing interest rates, the Fed indicating in December it would make three rate cuts this year. However, yesterday it announced it would be leaving interest rates unchanged for now and that the first rate cut is still likely months away. Let me say that we have confidence. We're, we're, we're looking for greater confidence that inflation is moving sustainably down to 2%. Implicitly, we do have confidence and it has been increasing, but we want to get greater confidence. What do we want to see? We want to see more good data. It's not that we're looking for better data. It's we're looking at continuation of the good data that we've been seeing. Some analysts predict a rate cut could come in March. One thing, seeing a cut, the nation's cattle herd, USDA releasing its biannual cattle inventory estimates, putting the total of all cattle and calves as of January 1st at 87.2 million head. That's 2% below the same time last year. All cows and heifers that have calved, they sit at 37.6 million head, also down 2%, while beef cows were in at 28.2 million head, again, down 2%. All of this setting up the tightest beef cattle market in more than 60 years. Now, debate over these inventory numbers will be a hot topic all week in Orlando at the Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. That's where we find our own Michelle Rook. Michelle, inventory numbers go hand in hand with demand in 2024. That's right, Clinton. The smallest herd since 1951 has tightened supplies and pushed up box beef and retail prices. So. The concern has been that consumer demand would be curbed. The good news is that hasn't happened. The outlook for beef demand is strong for 2024, coming off of increasing sales late in 2023. That's according to Dave Weber with Terrain. The consumer expenditures have been terrific uh, through the back half of 2023. He says despite higher prices, beef has stolen market share from chicken and pork. It's tied to taste and consumers are learning during COVID how to prepare high cuts of beef at home versus the restaurant. It's a testament to the 
quality that consumers perceive out of our product, especially if you look at uh, where we've seen uh, growth in spending on upper two-thirds branded kind of product, the promises that go with those brands, and then Prime as well. When we think about that white tablecloth uh, eating experience when we came out of COVID, uh, all that Prime product went into the club stores and grocery stores. Consumers learned how to cook it. Also adding to his optimistic demand outlook is an improving economy and stock market. Uh, that makes consumers' disposable income look better, and uh, they continue to choose high-quality food products. International demand for beef was down slightly in 2023 with higher prices, but it's relative, coming off a record year in 2022. It was over $9 billion of value brought back to the United States, over $395 you know, per head. You know, that's going to be the second or third highest uh, uh, value on record. So we're on pace here to maybe be $10 billion this year. So while this year's data compared to last year, and we only have 11 months in here right now, we look forward to this coming year, and we're on a pace for some great opportunities and exports. In fact, USMEF is predicting beef exports for 2024 to be up over 5%, tied to demand for variety meats and the promotion of other value cuts in countries like Taiwan, Korea, and Mexico. We're forcing the trade in some of these countries to really look at the rest of the carcass. If they can't get enough uh, short plates or chuck rolls, what else can we use? And uh, one example is the, the round. He says the U.S. dollar has also come off its highs, which will help make U.S. beef more competitive. All that bodes well for U.S. beef demand in 2024. I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day. All right, thanks, Michelle. Now, she'll be back to talk more about the latest cattle inventory report as it relates to markets in just a few moments. And be sure to join us all week and through Monday as we continue to bring you coverage from this year's Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. Coverage of the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention on Ag Day is brought to you by Alltech. Alltech delivers smarter, more sustainable solutions for agriculture. Our diverse portfolio of products and services improves the health and performance of plants and animals, resulting in better nutrition for all. Happening right now, thousands of sheep and cattle are stranded on a ship off the coast of Australia in sweltering temperatures. The ship left from Western Australia on January 5th, bound for Jordan, but 15 days into its trip, the vessel was diverted away from the Red Sea due to security concerns amid growing tensions in the Middle East. It returned to Australian waters and remained stranded near the coastal town of Hillary's. The area is going through a heat wave with temperatures pushing past 100 degrees this week. Authorities are working with veterinarians and the exporter to determine next steps. The more than 14,000 sheep and 2,000 cattle are believed to be worth more than two million Australian dollars. Now that atmospheric river that we told you about is now slamming California, bringing heavy rain and snow while temperatures are rising in the Midwest. Meteorologist Matt Engelbrecht joins us with more on this wild start to February. Matt. We're at that time now, we're starting to set up uh, that new pattern in and across the United States. Ridge of high pressure building in and across the Dakotas, the plains in the next couple of days before a low pressure system works from the west to the east. And as we've been talking about all week long, what's going on on the west coast back behind me here Thursday night and into Friday? Torrential downpours with feet of snowfall, easily feet of snowfall in some of the higher terrain. Now look how far south this trough digs. The farther south it digs, the more likely we'll see this scoot underneath the ridge of high pressure. And this is something that's been very consistent the last couple of days. 
So this is Friday at 10 p.m. See this line go way up here towards the north and then this circle at the surface. You got a low pressure system. It doesn't work to the northeast or follow up and over. It actually cuts under, which gives us a very different kind of look to where that rain is going to fall Sunday and into a Monday morning. Again, with that high pressure staying in place over portions of the Midwest. Go ahead and take a look at your screen here. And how about this Anchorage, Alaska seeing just a bit of snow these days. The latest storm dropping nearly 17 more inches of snow in the area, putting the seasonal total past 100 inches. It's the earliest Anchorage has reached that mark. National Weather Service measuring more than 37 inches on the ground, saying they are running out of room on their measuring stick. We'll talk more about your forecast in just a bit. Farmer protests continue in France, where producers blasted their tractor horns as they went head to head with French police tanks. Now they did it while blocking the A1, a key roadway in France. Meanwhile, happening today, French President Emmanuel Macron is expected to meet with the president of the European Commission to discuss these ongoing protests. Melissa Bell has this report filed near Paris. And what we've seen uh, since yesterday are these farmers who'd been spreading their discontent fairly widely across France, uh, blockading roads with their tractors elsewhere around the country, dumping manure outside of local stores, uh, setting tires and waste to light to try and draw attention to their anger. It had begun in the south of France more than a week ago and has now moved progressively closer to Paris. And we're now just on the outskirts of Paris. Their plan is to stay until they get what they want from the government. Now, what they're complaining about are a combination of higher production costs as a result of the EU subsidy system and uh, government efforts to bring down food inflation for people, uh, coupled with uh, an extraordinary amount of red tape, they say, that makes it simply impossible for them to do their job. For instance, what French farmers say is that it takes them an entire day each week just to fill out the paperwork that they need in order to get their subsidies uh, from the common agricultural policy. So it's a number of different issues that they say have driven them to this, to trying to put a stranglehold around the French capital in order uh, to bring it to a halt. It is a siege that they're threatening, but altogether, European-wide, uh, farmers are feeling the brunt of European regulations that are making their jobs harder, uh, European attempts to import cheap food, both grain and meat and milk from outside the European Union, where they say uh, the, uh, the measures, the, the requests, the demands being made of farmers there are far less stringent. So there's an injustice, they say, at the heart of the system uh, that they are no longer willing to tolerate. And they say, uh, very much like you'll remember uh, the Yellow Vest protests of a few years ago here in France, they were kicked off by that, that straw that broke the camel's back. It was a rise in uh, fuel uh, uh, taxes. Similarly, the drop really here that caused all of this to explode here in France was the announcement uh, that there would no longer be subsidies on the crucial diesel that many of these farmers use to run uh, their uh, farms. So all of this combined now a major headache for the French government and not only for European governments and for Brussels by the time they meet on uh, Thursday, trying to figure out how uh, they can bring uh, this sort of disruption to an end. Cattle futures were mixed ahead of the inventory report. We'll talk about where markets go next coming up. And later, not all livestock is on hoof. We put a little hop in your day in the country.
So what does the market have to say about these new cattle numbers? Michelle Rook is back with this analysis from this year's Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA trade show in Orlando. Markets were mixed on Wednesday. Brad Coima with Coima Coima Barlick is joining us. Brad, we did see a sell-off in the cattle market ahead of the semi-annual cattle inventory report, but that was a really bullish report, wasn't it? I didn't think there was a thing wrong with the report, Michelle. I was relieved that it came in at or maybe even a hair better than some of the guesses. Uh, this is a very, very small cow herd, smallest since the early 60s, I believe. And the calf crop, uh, I believe it's the smallest since 1951. I apologize, I don't have all the data with me here down here, but uh, uh, very solid numbers. Uh, I, I think a little sell-off out of the report shouldn't be expected. Look at the big run-up that the Peter cattle had coming into the region. Yeah, and we haven't had some revisions of the 22 numbers, didn't we? Exactly. We shrunk those, the calf crop and the all hot cattle number even more. So when you're talking 2% less of a, even a smaller number, right? Uh, so no, solid numbers. I, I, I think the market will receive it really well. So where do you think we go from here with prices then? How about $300 August feeders? Well, you know, you always put me we'll on the spot. That. Yeah, I, 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 barring something from a, a, a black swan event or a, a, some kind of demand crisis, um, I, I think the market can, I'm not sure we should have ever really got below 180, to be honest with you. You know, so let's get our cash market back in the low 180s and go from there. And the feeder cattle, it's going to be tight. I, I think that feeder cattle market could get exposed. So the other thing that we have helping the cattle market is the corn market has pulled back. But if you grow corn, obviously we're right down at the contract lows. Are the funds going to keep selling here? I wish I knew. I, I, I think, you know, they got the third largest short position in history, I believe, right? Uh, we're down at this big monthly band of support that, that, we're, that we're holding at now by a thread, right? Uh, I think you could have a deal like the Hogs did, where you all of a sudden see the short covering because they're tipped too far short. Uh, that's the side of the market on. I, I think from these values, there's a lot more room above us than below us on the corn. Do you think this is going to influence acreage at all this year? Well, we're looking at uh, the corn-soybean ratio that uh, is tilted a little bit our way toward the corn rate, in my opinion. Um, to me, guys are going to plant beans because they're hoping that all this extra biodiesel, blah, 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 ability to crush it. Uh, so that would be my guess. All right. Thanks for joining us, Fred Quimmo with Quimmo Quimmo Barlick. We'll have more Ag Day coming up. I know this map hasn't changed all that much. The last couple of days are going back to last week. What has changed uh, is the date and also uh, just how far the blue expands on the west coast. Still expecting above average temperatures, so any precipitation that comes through, and it's not going to be much during this time period. Uh, warmer than average temperatures means more likely rain in and across the area, avoiding uh, that uh, thick snowpack once again, or adding to the snowpack that might already be down. Now the jet stream, as I've talked about the last couple of days, very interesting how this is going to unfold regarding the ridge of high pressure, which has been showing up in the data going back the last seven days or so. This time last week, we we're talking about this ridge, meaning these lines scooting way up here into Canada, and then this trough of low pressure. Typically, when you get what's called an omega block, everything just kind of blocks up, nothing moves. This one's going to be a little bit different because the low pressure system, the trough that is coming off of the West Coast that's providing a substantial amount of rainfall into California, that's going to scoot to the south of the ridge. So suppression of the atmosphere underneath the ridge means clear skies, dry conditions where this trough, where this cutoff low travels, you're going to take with it cloud cover, cooler temperatures as well as 
rainfall. That's all going to come down towards the southeast. Now, what's very interesting about this is without this cutoff low being more to the north, we're actually cutting off any kind of return flow of cold air. Typically, when we get low pressure systems or troughs digging across the United States, on the other side of them, we get a drawdown of some very cold Arctic air. That's not going to be the case. So that's why that map that we just looked at was so warm. Once that cutoff low leaves, another ridge develops next Wednesday and Thursday. That puts you into a 10 to 14 day time period. Start off with Louisiana, mostly cloudy, high of 68 degrees. How about Charles City, Iowa? We've got some morning clouds, evening sun. In Tennessee, Crossville, mostly sunny, high around 53 degrees. Drover's Report on Ag Day is brought to you by Neogen. Discover your possibilities and enhance your herd's potential. Something being discussed at this year's CattleCon, plant-based and cell-cultured meat products. Now, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association throwing its support behind a new bipartisan bill in Congress. It's called the Fair and Accurate Ingredient Representation on Labels Act, or FAIR. It introduces specific definitions and labels for imitation meat and imitation poultry for plant-based meat alternatives. Now, these definitions would apply to products that resemble meat but do not contain actual meat. Other ag and livestock trade groups adding it will help prevent consumer confusion and protect the reputation of traditional meat products. As of 2022, plant-based meats accounted for 2.5% of retail packaged meat sales. It can be tough to be everywhere on a feedlot, but new technology may give producers better insights. Precision Livestock Technologies unveiling what it says is the first system to use artificial intelligence to predict cattle feed intake and make recommendations. The system uses cameras to detect and analyze such things as bunk levels, slicks, feeding behavior, and fill events. The company says the system helps producers spot problems in pens early, automate feeding decisions, and match specific feeding protocols. Now, we all know feeding rabbits is a lot different than feeding cattle. We'll see how 4-H'ers are learning the skill as they prepare for the show ring in the country from Louisiana. Rabbits is a passion for one Louisiana family. LSU X Center correspondent Craig Gotro has this report on the ups and downs that come with showing this particular animal. Tinley Trosclair loves rabbits a lot. She and her family have more than 70 of them, and Tinley has done a great job of raising some top quality bunnies. It's a hobby that she believes many people, including other 4-H'ers, could benefit from. I think that more people that found out about it would definitely enjoy it because it helps build great family bonding time and great friendships and great mentors, people that you can look up to. Having a championship quality animal is very rewarding, but Trost Claire says she has learned some valuable lessons through losing. It taught me how to fail. I have had many failures and as being a breeder in 4-H and in ARBA, it just taught me that I got to keep on going, keep on pushing and it has really taught me great patience and great confidence in what I can do. While show day is what Trosclair is working toward, there's a lot of hard work to be done to get there. I do not enjoy filling up water bottles, but you got to keep all your rabbits healthy. And having a good, healthy, and clean rabbit and having a clean barn, and it just makes you feel better and it makes you feel very confident in where you are in your breeding processes. Raising rabbits is a family affair, as Tinley's sister, Sailor, also shows. Being allergic to rabbit fur doesn't keep their mother from participating because she sees the benefits. 
the skills of communication, um, dedication, um, time management, this, um, this hobby alone has brought, I know for me, I can say uh, as a mom, my children, um, the most growth. Both Trost players were rewarded for their hard work, and it's now on to the district and state shows. From the East Feliciana Parish Livestock Show, this is Craig Gotro reporting for the LSU Ag Center. Thanks, Milo and Tim. All right, thanks, Craig, and that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Day, have a good day.